Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Retire Simply Podcast. I'm Scott Winstead with Compass Retirement, and today I'm flying solo. I know you guys are going to miss Angela, but don't worry, she'll be back next week. I wanted to continue our conversation today. Uh, we talked last uh, week about taxes and understanding, you know, when someone passes away in the relationship, that you go from a married filing jointly tax bracket down to a single, and how a lot of times, planners and folks, I think, don't necessarily realize the the tax burden or the implication of that. And so to expand on our tax discussion, what I wanted to chat with you today about was, you know, understanding some things you can be looking at to be more tax efficient in your retirement plan. Okay. Now, obviously, you know, everybody that knows me knows I'm a big proponent of doing tax planning. I think taxes are going to go up. I've said that uh, for years now. I don't think they can get any lower. Um, and we've discussed why that is. Uh, you can't keep writing $2 trillion checks and expect taxes not to go up. However, you know, a lot of times, folks, as we've talked about uh, in previous uh podcast episodes, a lot of times folks say, well, that doesn't apply to me. That's only for the folks that have more than a million dollars or only for folks that make more than $400,000. But the way I look at it is that may be true for some legislation that's coming due. But wouldn't it be nice if we all became more tax efficient? Wouldn't it be nice if you even if the major laws and regulations that happen in Washington, maybe they don't affect you, but wouldn't it be nice to save more money and have more money in your pocket uh, to, to spend and use and not go to the IRS? Most people would agree with that. So a lot of questions I keep getting from folks all the time is, well, what could I be invested in or how could I be setting things up uh, to be more tax efficient, to not have to pay so much to the IRS? So what I wanted to just chat with you today about were a couple of ideas I had for you that um, help you become a little bit more tax efficient. So the first thing I want to say is obviously, you know, if you're saving in a 401k or an IRA, those accounts are what we call tax deferred. So year in and year out, you're deferring the taxes on the gains you're making in those accounts. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you bought an investment inside of your IRA or your 401k at $10 and it goes to, let's say, $20 in five years, you haven't realized or had to pay any tax on that gain. However, we've talked about this quite often. When the money comes out, you're going to have to pay all the taxes on that gain and the amount you put in to start. So it's it's 100% taxable. Most folks that, that I uh, meet have also what we call a managed account or an individual account. This would be sometimes referred to as a non-qualified account. But real simply, all that means is, hey, you took some money, you opened up a, a stock account maybe with, you know, Vanguard, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity. <laughs> if you're younger and you're into this sort of thing, you might be opening up it on uh, Robinhood. But you just took some money out of the bank and you put it in an investment account and you just are going to, you know, invest the money yourself or you have someone managing it for you. That account is taxed differently. So that account generates taxes year in and year out. Okay. So if you buy and sell things in that account, then typically when you sell it and there's a gain, you're going to pay the tax the year in which you sold it. As that investment earns income, um, sometimes they call that a dividend. As it earns income, you're going to pay taxes on that. 
But what a lot of people don't realize is that the type of investment that you hold in different types of taxed accounts really, really matters. And here's what I mean. So a lot of folks, when they come to visit with us, they've got mutual funds. Now, if you don't know what a mutual fund is, I'll tell you very simply what a mutual fund is. Think about when you, um, when you go grocery shopping, okay? So a mutual fund would be kind of like your grocery cart. And a mutual fund basically puts different types of stocks and bonds, depending on the goal of the fund, but different types of investments in there. And it's actively managed, which means there's a fund manager, not your financial advisor, but a fund manager that is trying to get the right type of groceries into the grocery cart to beat the stock market. So they're, they're adding stocks, they're taking out stocks, they're adding bonds, they're taking out bonds. But what they're trying to do is actively beat a benchmark. And the benchmark might be the S&P 500 or the Dow Jones or the Barclays Bond Index. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the right mix of groceries in the grocery cart to try to beat the stock market. And most folks have a mutual fund. Now, if you've, if you've met me at all or you've heard me talk at all, you know I'm not a huge proponent of mutual funds. I think they have a place, but they typically have a much higher expense or fee associated to them. And that makes sense, right? Because they're actively managed, which means you are paying some you know, uh, uh, person to try to beat the benchmark. So they have a typically a higher fee. Now, why am I speaking about mutual funds in terms of a tax discussion today? Well, here's why. What most people don't realize is that when you own a mutual fund, okay, when you own a mutual fund, the mutual fund, as it's buying and selling those groceries, in my analogy, or those stocks and bonds to get the right mix, typically you're realizing the tax liability as the consumer, as the investor, you're realizing the tax liability for the capital gains and the dividends that the fund is generating. So those taxes, those tax implications get passed on to the shareholder of that mutual fund or to the investor of that mutual fund. It's not like the fund company picks up the bill for you. So there can be a lot of inefficiency around owning mutual funds in what we call an after-tax account, a a managed account or a non-qualified account. So one of the things that I wanted to share with you, an idea that you might want to look at if you own mutual funds, especially in a after-tax account, is you might consider looking at a type of fund that um, is called an exchange-traded fund. Sometimes it's called the ETF. Sometimes it's called an index fund. But what this fund is, regardless if you call it an ETF or an index fund or what have you, what this fund does is it doesn't try to find the right mix of groceries in the grocery cart to beat the benchmark. All this exchange-traded fund does is it just wants to do whatever the benchmark does. So if it's a, a ETF that is trying to track with the S&P 500, it's going to perform really, really, really closely to whatever the S&P 500 does. So it's not trying to get more return. It's also not going to probably lose more than when the S&P 500 goes down. It's there to be more passively 
managed. So a mutual fund, you have a, a fund manager that's actively trying to do things, move investments in, move investments out. An ETF is more passive, which means you're just tracking with the benchmark. So there's no investments really that you're moving in and out. And when you're not moving these investments in and out of the fund, you're not generating that extra taxation or those extra taxes on the capital gains and the dividends. Okay. So it's really, really important that you think about not only what type of investment you own from a planning standpoint or a return standpoint, but you need to also think about what is it doing to my taxes. And if you're not quite sure how to look at that, you can look at your tax return and there will be a line on the first page, you know, on your income section that'll say capital gains, it'll say dividends, and it'll there'll be a number there and it'll tell you, hey, what am I actually paying tax on year in and year out? And then you can decide, well, hey, if I'm using that money, then paying tax on it right now is probably not that big a deal because I took the money out and I spent it or I, you know, used it. What I find, though, is most folks aren't doing that. What they're doing is they're doing what we call a reinvestment of the dividends or a reinvestment of the capital gains. So let's think about that strategically a little bit. I have an investment here, a mutual fund, let's say. It generated $1,000 in taxes for me. Instead of taking that $1,000 and using it, I turned around and I reinvested it. So when that then generates more capital gains and income, I can pay what again on that? That's right, you guessed it, taxes. And so the IRS loves this this uh, hamster wheel that people get on. And so one of the things that we're big proponents on is I'm not saying run out and go get a bunch of index funds, although I think uh, they make a great, great tool for most folks. What I am saying is you need to start to be aware of the type of investments you hold in your different accounts and what is it doing to your taxation? What is it, I guess, to be said another way, what is it doing to your income to cause taxation? Hey there. So listen, you know, Angela and I love being local DFW retirement professionals and we help so many families in the area. You know, there's a lot of ways that we can help you with your retirement. We can perform a stress test on your current investments. Basically what that lets you know is how aggressive or conservative or how risky you're wanting to be versus what you actually are doing. We can also schedule a one-on-one consultation with one of us. If you just have a one-off question that you'd love to ask us and you're always welcome to come to one of our live financial workshops, our live events. So go to compassretirement.com and just click on schedule a visit to choose what you need from us. If you're looking for a firm that will bend over backwards to help you, you've come to the right spot. So looking at an index fund or ETF exchange traded funds might make some sense for you if you've got that after-tax account, which I find most folks do. The other benefit of those is that they're going to be much, much, much lower in fees. And you guys hear me say all the time, the three things we, can, we want to try to control in our retirement, the fees we pay, the taxes we owe, and the risk we take. So by looking at these investments, you're, you're really you know, covering two out of those three, right? You're going to have lower fees. You're probably going to have less taxation. So again, you want to be looking at these things. The other idea that I wanted to just share with you, and we're going to talk more about this um, in future episodes, but again, I'm going to be the beating, beating the drum till I'm blue in the face, but looking at converting taxable money today to tax-free money. 
So that would mean I have a traditional IRA, I have a 401k, I have you know a 403b or what have you. It's all taxable. If we believe taxes are going up, which I would say 98% of the folks that I have the pleasure of visiting with, they believe that, would it make sense for me to take some money out of that account today, pay some tax on that money today, and then get it to a place where the, uh, the earnings and everything moving there forward are tax-free for you? And you need to do a very thorough analysis to see if it makes sense. You know, I had a, a gentleman come in uh, and visit with me earlier this week, and we were talking about this. And for him, it was about a 4% savings to start paying tax on money today versus if he waits. And he looked at me and he said, yes, yeah, Scott, but if I leave that money in the taxable account, then... I've got to try to decide if I'm going to think I'm going to make more than that 4% to make up for the difference. And we had a little bit of a uh, fun and spirited discussion. And, and my point was, well, you know, you could save the 4% now or pay the 4% now and invest in the exact same thing you would invest in in a tax-free account and make the same return but all that gain becomes tax-free to you. And he kind of sat back in his chair and looked at me and said, you know, Scott, I just, I'd never thought about it that way. I just kind of thought about it in terms of, well, is my money better, better left off investing someplace else and earning more in a taxable account or, or four per, saving the 4% or paying the 4% less in taxes now, and then I got to try to make that up. But in a tax-free account, you can invest in the same thing as you can in your taxable account. A lot of people don't realize that. And so these are just some ideas that I wanted to share with you today because, you know, there's a lot of rhetoric out there. There's a lot of proposal out there. There's a lot of things going on in the tax environment. And uh, I don't think necessarily we all think about, <laughs> uh, I, I, I know I do, but I think most folks don't think about, you know, the types of investments that you hold in certain accounts and how they can really trigger taxes or, I guess, impact your income in a way that would trigger taxes. If you need help looking at that, I'd love to help you with it. All you got to do is give the office a call. The number is 817-328-6152. That's 817-328-6152. And I'm happy to help you take a look at the investments, give you my thoughts on it, see if it makes sense uh, to maybe change the portfolio a little bit or update it to make sure that you're being as tax efficient as possible. You know, if you're not proactive with this, I find a lot of times that most financial planners, most investment advisors, most money managers, they're not really on the forefront of thinking about the taxes you're going to owe. What they're trying to do is get you the best return they can. Now, whether that return is taxable or not, hey, you made money, right? That's the way most folks look at it. I, I always say we want to be focusing on the things we can control and we want to be focusing on the money we keep versus the money we make taxes being a big thing of that. So I'm happy to help you look at it. Just give the office a shout. Look forward to talking with you next week when Angela will be back joining me. We'll continue our tax discussion. And until then, if you need anything, just give us a holler. If not, have a blessed week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This has been another week of Retire Simply. Thanks for listening. And remember, anyone can save money. And just as easily, anyone can run out of money but it takes skill and a plan 
to take what you've saved and not run out. If you want to listen to more episodes or learn more about Compass Retirement, go to compassretirement.com. That's compass with two S's, retirement.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to tell a friend. They're probably a lot like you and would enjoy it too. Compass Retirement is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Compass Retirement, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Compass Retirement, Inc. is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Compass Retirement, Inc. Hypothetical examples have been provided for illustrative purposes only. It does not represent a real-life scenario and should not be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation.